Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thanks everyone for joining us today uh, on our series about workforce. And as we've said many times, workforce has been the number one issue for employers for quite some time. And the COVID pandemic and the economic uh, disruption that, that came accompanying with COVID certainly has made workforce an even more pressing issue for our employers here in Colorado. We serve uh, academics, uh, business, community and government uh, executives that help drive Colorado's economy and we like to call it the ABCG because it's really this collaboration of all these different sort of vertical thought leadership, um, you know, makes the policy and, and the work that we do so much more powerful. So today I'm um, really excited to bring Renice Walker back uh, to the conversation. She is the Assistant Director of Systems Innovation for Colorado Workforce Development Council. And they are tremendous partners of Cobert. In fact, I was just telling Renice. Um, she was one of the very first people I met when I started here at Cobert. And Renice, it's great to welcome you to the conversation today. Thank you, Debbie. It's great to be here and always a pleasure to be speaking with you. We just recently convened uh, with the Colorado Workforce Development Council, a group of thought leaders, private sector executives, uh, policymakers, you know, chamber executives to talk about workforce. And again, being the number one issue um, it was really, really interesting, Renice, to talk to your team about um, this issue and what you all have already been doing for many, many years, driving thought leadership and, and really understanding what workforce needs and how to develop talent here in Colorado. But before I jump in, um, Renice, to some of the questions I have for you today, tell, tell us just a little bit about you and how you got into this important line of work. Yeah, thank you for the question, Debbie. So I have had the pleasure of working with the Workforce Development Council for six years now. One of the reasons why this work is so important to me is because I'm a native-born Coloradan. And so this work has both a professional impact on me, but as I reach out to employers across the state, understand what's happening with our students and our job seekers and throughout educational institutions, it's really just kind of a personal point of pride and a personal importance that we all are working together collaboratively to make Colorado as strong as it can be and recognizing that such a significant part of that is ensuring that individuals have access to the training and skill development that they need to really compete for Colorado's jobs and recognizing that that's not just important for today and how our current economy looks, um, but as we've seen with COVID, the economy is changing so quickly. And so really thinking forward and thinking ahead about how we can continue to innovate and make sure that our businesses remain competitive uh, and have opportunities, great opportunities for any Coloradan who wants to engage. Yeah, well said. And the first thing I want to talk about is the talent pipeline report. In fact, I didn't even know this existed when I started here at Cobert. And I think it's one of those hidden treasures in Colorado that, you know, I want to bring it to the attention of more of the employer community. Um, so tell us about that. In fact, I have my hard copy here that I picked up from Lee just the other day, but um, I know you've got it online as well. Um, tell us what is the talent pipeline report? Yeah, um, Debbie, you mentioned that workforce is really on the top of my, top of mind for many of your members. And this report is all about talent and what's happening with talent in the state. So we actually started producing this report in 2014 
Uh, we produce it annually in partnership with the Department of Higher Education, as well as many of our partners um, who have input in thinking about uh, what are the needs uh, related to talent in the state? What are the top jobs that we're hiring for? What do we see as uh, key skills that are being needed throughout this state? And we share this report each year with legislatures to pro- or um, with policymakers to provide them with an understanding of what's happening in uh, Colorado related to talent so that they can make informed decisions about what's needed to bolster our economy uh, and also to bolster our statewide workforce system to ensure that we're building back Uh, from the pandemic and other um, experiences in Colorado better than we were ever before. And and I'll encourage, we'll put a link in as folks are listening um, to to our conversation today, we'll put a link into that report. Uh, And I think particularly the most recent version talks about, you know, the challenge employers have with maybe hybrid workforce, you know, all the new um, types of disruption that's happened in terms of the talent pipeline. Um, but one of the things that you all have done incredible work on that really is more timeless is talking about top jobs. And I, I again, that was a new term to me when I first um, started working with the Colorado Workforce Development Council. But Renice, tell, um, explain more, what is a top job? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, when we talk about top jobs with relationship to the Talent Pipeline Report, those are the jobs in Colorado that meet a couple of different criteria. So one, they have above average growth rates and they provide a significant wage um, for individuals to cover basic expenses of life uh, who are working in those jobs. It also uh, indicates those jobs that have high net annual openings. So those jobs that are really have a lot of availability and are helping to drive our, drive our economy forward. Um, each year, the, the report does profile those top jobs. And so you can see where there have been some slight shifts to top jobs as a result of the pandemic. Uh, what we've seen in this past year is that there's always a continued correlation between educational programs and de- uh, degree attainment um, with the top jobs that are needed. But we're seeing an increasing demand for individuals with shorter term non-degree credentials in their jobs, um, which means that some of those sought after jobs are really focused on short-term training opportunities that people can get into relatively quickly. The report also, in addition to those top jobs, profiles um, top skills that are needed and does a breakdown of what is the uh, educational attainment needed related to the top jobs and what skills are being required um, for those top jobs throughout the state. And jumping ahead just a little bit, um, I actually, I really like that because I have three kids who are in their 20s, entering the workforce, trying to make good decisions. And for them, you know, you know, pay, of course, is a decision to make, you know, that will affect, um, you know, their ability to support themselves and their families someday, job openings, you know, of course, wanting to pick jobs where there's a there's a definite career pathway. Um, so all of that is incredibly important. Um, the other thing that you also, besides top jobs, you look at quality. Um, and that, and tell, tell us more about that, Renice. I found that incredibly interesting too, especially when we think about satisfaction rates and how people have been leaving the workforce, um, you know, for some of those, for some of those reasons based on job quality. Yeah. Uh, job quality is really an opportunity for employers to look closely at the design of the jobs that they offer and do a deep job, a deep, deep dive into understanding what are those components. Not just what the wages look like, which can sometimes make employers nervous to say, I really can't afford to pay anymore, but also looking at things like scheduling. Are there ways that you can provide more flexible schedules so that employees can meet the other demands of life? 
Um, belonging and connectedness is something that we see a lot of individuals wanting to look for at this time, but also ensuring that there's an opportunity to really grow and develop, which we've seen for the talent pipeline report is really critical. Individuals looking to upskill, increase the skills that they have so that they can remain competitive, but also so that they're just continuing um, to grow and meet some of their own personal goals. Mm -hmm. I like that. I almost think there's sometimes generational shifts in terms of job quality. And I don't know that you get that far in the weeds, but what, what makes an impactful job for me might be different than what makes an impactful job for my daughter, because we might measure it differently. Um, but, but important for employers to know as they're competing desperately for talent, you know, how to keep um, employees happy, how to retain and attract more talent for their workforce. So I suspect that's an important role that you play in helping employers understand how to retain and attract additional talent. Absolutely. Debbie, the image that was flashed across the screen a couple minutes ago is a job quality framework. And we think about it as a framework as opposed to just a really rigid set of criteria with um, recognition of what you just said. Different individuals, different employers, um, different job seekers will measure job quality differently. But there's a couple of key things to always be thinking about in terms of really what helps to attract individuals and what the data is showing helps us to retain individuals. One opportunity that your members might be interested in is right now we are recruiting for a working metrics pilot. Working, working metrics is just a cloud-based platform uh, where employers have access to it when they get signed up with the council uh, to provide some basic data points that will allow them to benchmark how they're doing with things like diversity, retention, wages um, against other employers in their industry and also within their local area uh, to really make some informed decisions about steps that they can take to better attract and retain talent. Uh, that's that's great information, Renice, and we're happy to put that information out to our employers as well. Uh, one of the shifts that we're seeing, and, and we talked about this again um, recently with, uh, with a group of executives and, and thought leaders together, was a shift in terms of how do we increase the talent pool. And a lot of large employers in particular are thinking about skills-based hiring. Um, when a couple of years ago, they really probably weren't um, because there's such a need for getting people in the talent pipeline. So um, we're seeing that sort of on the employer side. Are you seeing that as well in some of the thought leadership you all are, are looking into? Absolutely. Seeing more employers talking about and exploring skills-based hiring, um, but also seeing job seekers really look at how they um, are advertising and identifying transferable skills that they have to offer to really meet the needs that employers are looking for. Um, it's important to note that many people have not heard of skills-based hiring, so want to take a moment just to define it. It's an approach that really helps employers to adapt to the ever-changing labor market by focusing first on looking at skills. We know that many job descriptions might include something like a bachelor's degree requirement um, or some other uh, sort of educational requirement as a key indicator to screen for the talent that they need. In Colorado, we also know that only about a third of our labor force actually um, possess a bachelor's degree. And so when we think about the difficulty with attracting talent, sometimes it can be difficult to really be eliminating so many opportunities of people who might have the skills to do the jobs that employers need, but may not have that bachelor's degree requirement. And so it's really um, asking employers to take a good hard look at what they actually need, drill down to those skills and advertise for those skills so that they are better able to attract. And one fun fact that I will share 
Um, adopting a skills-based approach reduces the vacancy rate by up to 70%. It also allows employers to help diversify their staff, can double retention rates and increase productivity by an average of 22%. So lots of different benefits to employers and thinking differently about how they hire. Well, and we're, we're seeing it more and more. I mean, again, um, some of the large businesses that are part of Colorado Business Roundtable actually brought it up at a, at a recent meeting. And I've seen as well, it's a, it's a priority of the National Business Roundtable to try to bring coalitions of employers together to talk about skills-based hiring. And, and, and I actually, I'd correct myself, not just talk about it, but do it are two totally different things. But with the with the change in workforce um, availability, I, I think that the time is right to really push on this issue because, um, you know, even companies like aerospace and technology are looking to bring employees in the pipeline who don't have a college degree because they can they can help teach them a coding and, and other um, sort of hard skills as well. So I think it's it's a it's been on the outskirts for such a long time that I think we're going to see a real um, uptick in skills-based hiring. It's so helpful to see, um, learn more about what you're actually hearing from your members. And we certainly are seeing kind of growing practice around skills-based hiring in the state. We'll have to circle back on that for sure. I think there's a big opportunity there to help um, meet some of the workforce needs going forward. Um, the other thing that, that I'd love to throw out to you, and, and again, I, I just have this new found appreciation for higher ed, just served on the higher ed task force, um, you know, to help talk about some additional funding strategies for our higher ed institutions. Um, but I want to talk about work-based learning. Um, and, and we're hearing this more and more, um, whether it's K through 12 as well. How do learners get work-based learning opportunities and how is it a valuable talent strategy for businesses? So I'm curious about your thoughts on that issue. I love the work that's happening in Colorado among higher education institutions, but also in K-12 to really make sure that the learning that happens is not just taking place in the classroom, because as many employers know, sometimes what you learn on the job is really critical to being able to operate in a position. Um, Theory is not all that's needed on the job. And so work-based learning provides an opportunity for individuals to actually learn in the workplace through things like apprenticeships. Um, Many of us, especially folks who've been around for some time, think of apprenticeships and think it's only related to the skills trades. So apprenticeships for uh, plumbers or electricians. But Colorado is really being innovative and thinking about how do we have apprenticeships or paid learning opportunities um, for people to be developing in healthcare, in IT, and a number of other positions that are critical to our economy that allows them to not have to stop working so that they can learn and grow their skills, um, but also to engage differently in in a workplace. And one of the benefits uh, to employers is that apprenticeships can provide a return on investment, but it also allows employers to really help train people with the exact skills and awareness that they need to fill their jobs. And so a way and an opportunity to partner differently with education uh, to ensure that employers are getting their needs met. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And again, I've seen a real uptick on, uptick on that. I think the crisis of talent has led a lot of employers to um, look at programs they might not have before, um, you know, engage even more fully in K through 12 and higher ed. Um, on this work-based learning um, aspect as well. Um, last question for you, Renice, and I really appreciate your time. Um, one, of, one of the reasons why I think, obviously, talent has been disrupted is because of, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, the economic disruption that's caused. But what's interesting now is we're coming out of that season 
we're into a season of uh, still some stimulus money coming to Colorado targeted in specific buckets, some of it related to workforce. And I wanted to get your feedback on how businesses, how employers, whether it's a, a nonprofit, a nonprofit organization, a business, how do large employers know about the stimulus opportunities that might be available to them? I'm hoping, Debbie, we can get a link out to your members on our website. Uh, there are details about the stimulus dollars available from the council and a couple of key opportunities available to businesses specifically. One is a trade association training program. So many employers throughout the state are engaged in trade associations where they go to discuss with other employers in their industry um, some of those key needs. And so recognizing that there's already lots of employers at that table and how can they work together to identify training programs that they develop on their own or partner with higher education institutions or other training providers um, to really be developing those work-based learning or other training opportunities uh, that we discussed earlier to fill their supply of talent. So that's one resource. Another opportunity that's available for employers um, is really just thinking about career coaching and career navigation. Um, it's with the recognition that it's hard for um, you to be able to fill your job if people don't know about it. So either partnering with local institutions who do that career coaching and navigation to inform them of opportunities and in some cases help people to do job, job shadows or coming and having speaking events so they are aware of those opportunities. Or in some cases for some of those larger employers, there may be an interest in actually hiring some of those coaches to really help your workers identify where are their opportunities for them to continue developing their skills and moving up, um, or in some cases getting new credentials and additional education. Great. And I think we're going to be partnering with, obviously, um, Colorado Workforce Development Council going forward on how we can lean in to some of those grant opportunities for employers. And we'll want to just keep those lines of communications That's open great. as well. So it's a good it's a good collaborative effort, isn't it? Yeah, we look forward to continuing that partnership because what you do and um, the work that your members are engaged in are so critical to how we think about workforce in the state. Well, Renice, I always look forward to talking with you. Um, what What is the website? As people are listening to the conversation who might not see the link, um, can you tell them where to go to get information on Talent Pipeline, good jobs, quality jobs? Uh, and I'm sure your website as well has the stimulus opportunities too. Yeah, one way to get to us is you can always Google the Workforce Development, Colorado Workforce Development Council. Our web link is actually cwdc.colorado.gov. Again, that's cwdc.colorado.gov, and that's where you can link to the Talent Pipeline Report, access stimulus funding, learn about others that you can partner with to address your talent needs, or just stay up to date with the latest strategies that are happening in the state to address those needs. Perfect. Thanks, Renice Walker, for joining us today. And uh, we're excited uh, about our continued collaboration, and I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. This is Great to a, be with you, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Renice. This has been a, a production of Colorado Business Roundtable. Thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.